We were getting ready this morning and getting my mic on, and as I stepped up, I, I kind of let out a groan. And Dave turned to Chad and said, look at that, he groans like us. And I said, yeah, I, uh, I groaned a lot this week. I don't know what I did. Last Saturday, I did something to my foot, my right foot. I think I sneezed wrong, but it just started hurting really bad. And, and I, I'd get up every, just about every morning and be limping, but it would start to feel better if I walked it off for a while. So I'd get up in the morning, I'd walk up and down the hallways, and I'm groaning and moaning the whole way and back and forth. And, and, and then I heard myself and I stopped and I said, oh no, I recognize those noises. Those are the noises Dad used to make. You know? And I'd hear the old man moaning and groaning in the morning, and, and I was like, those, those were exactly the same noises. Now, it's one thing to recognize that you hear that in the morning when you wake up with an ache, and you say, yeah, it kind of sounds like the way my dad would complain about it. It's another thing when you hear it all day long, and you recognize that I'm sounding a little too much like him today. I don't know if any of you knew my dad really well. Um, maybe some of you never even heard of him. That, that'd be great. Uh, but if you knew my dad, you may not have known this, but that man could complain about stuff. Uh, I don't know if anyone really knew that. He, he could complain. And sometimes he would get something in his head, something would set him off, and he would just moan and groan and complain about it all day, all week, an entire election cycle. You know, for four years, he'd have something to complain about. And, and it, just, it just worked on him. He just constantly had this complaining. I, I don't mind when my morning groans as I'm walking off a hurt foot sound a little like my dad. What worries me is when I carry those moans and groans with me all day long. We come to Psalm 5. It's on page 449. If you want to follow along in those blue Bibles, it's also available to you if you're using the Bible app on your phone or some other device. I've got the notes loaded up there for Psalm 5. Psalm 5 is a morning prayer. It's a prayer to, to start your day. And as such, it begins with a groan. Psalm 5 verse 1, Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my groanings. Some people hear Psalm 5 and they see it as a psalm of complaint. They see it as a psalm of lament. I don't think so. I think Psalm 5 gives us a choice. I think Psalm 5 gives us the choice. Every morning, you and I, we have a choice. Are we going to complain this morning? Are we going to grumble? Are we going to groan? Or are we going to change directions? Are we going to orient our day towards heaven? Are we going to point our day towards God and seek Him instead of seeking our groanings? Psalm 5 to the choir master. For the flutes, a psalm of David. Give ear to my words, O Lord, and consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God, for to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I watch, in the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. But I, 
through the abundance of your steadfast love will enter your house. I will bow down towards your holy temple in fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me, for there is no truth in their mouths. Their inmost self is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsel because of the abundance of their transgressions. Cast them out, for they have rebelled against You. But let all who take refuge in You rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread Your protection over them that those who love Your name may exult in You. For You bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. It's estimated that you hear somewhere between 20 and 30,000 words a day. You hear every day something, somewhere between 20 and 30,000 words a day. And that's probably not accurate because those figures are old. That's from, that's from 2011. I'm sorry. Those figures are from 2011. I'm sure it's increased since then. But in 2011, when it was estimated that you and I were listening to 20 to 30,000 words a day, it was realized that that's an estimated five times as many words as we heard per day back in 1986. Five times as many words as you heard in 1986. Give ear to my words. Oh Lord, that's David's prayer. Give ear to my words. But you know, you and I, we give ear to a lot of people's words every day. All day long. What are, what are the odds that everything that you hear is going to be something you agree with? What are the odds that everything that you hear is going to be something you want to hear? What, what are the odds that everything you hear is productive, inspiring, uplifting? That everything you hear is going to point you to Jesus? What are the odds that by the end of the day you are going to be so overloaded with twenty to 30,000 negative words that you'll find yourself groaning, find yourself grumbling? And so David gives us a choice in Psalm 5. He weighs them both. Grumbling or glory? Prayer or, or pain? What, what are we going to take and He calls us to turn our attention to the Lord. Turn our attention to God. And He calls us to point our hearts. To point our hearts toward Him. Now last week we were in Psalm 4. And Psalm 4 was a bedtime prayer. You say your bedtime prayers, right? Psalm 4 was a bedtime prayer. Do you remember how Psalm 4 ended? Verse, verse 8, In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Then we wake up and we come to Psalm 5. And Psalm 5 is a morning prayer. Verse 3, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Psalm three or Psalm 5, excuse me, verse 3 is a call for commitment. Are you going to let the grumblings and groanings of the day fill you? Are you going to let the complaints of the world orient your day? Or will you seek the Lord? What will it take? for you to point your day away from the grumbling and point your day towards Him. So David sings there in verse 3, In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Prepare a sacrifice. It's a, it's a difficult phrase in the Hebrew for us to really get a grasp on. 
If you've got an NIV Bible, the NIV translates it, I lay my request before you. That, that sounds a little different. It's because of the imagery of that phrase. The imagery comes from the priests in the temple and how they would arrange the wood on the altar so that the wood would burn properly, so the wood would burn completely, and it would completely consume what you had put on the altar, the sacrifice that you had made from God, the fire would completely go up to him and completely consume that offering. See, the priests knew how to do that. They knew how to lay the wood, orient it correctly so that it burned well, just like any good Boy Scout, looking at my Cub Scout leader here, any good Boy Scout would know how to build a fire and, and know how to get that fire to completely consume the wood that had been laid there. But for David, it's not about the wood on the altar. It's about his life. It's about his heart on that altar. What's my heart look like? What do my grumblings sound like when I have instead oriented my life towards God, when I have pointed my, myself towards Him? Eugene Peterson in the message, he paraphrases this, this verse with the words, every morning you'll hear me at it again. Every morning I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar and watch for fire to come down. Jesus did this. Mark tells us from the very beginning of his gospel. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Mark tells us of Jesus rising very early in the morning while it was still dark. He departed and went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. I don't know if Jesus heard between twenty and 30,000 words a day. I bet Jesus heard a lot of grumbling in his day. Jesus, why'd you heal that guy? Why'd you heal him on the Sabbath? Why'd you heal him and you didn't heal me? Jesus, won't you tell my sister she needs to help me get things ready for this party? Jesus, who's your favorite? How many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? You know, if Jesus had to go off and orient his day towards God... I think we might need to do that also. There's another meaning to that word though. There's another meaning to the word there to prepare, to lay, to, to arrange. It's also a, a military word. Some of you would be very familiar with this because you've served. But it, it's that word for when you see a group of soldiers moving in perfect unison. You've seen that before. Some of you have done it before a few times where you've marched and you've taken every step together. Every time I watch those soldiers doing those drills, I always wonder who's watching who? You know, how do they know which foot? Left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. How do they know which foot to use and how to swing? And then when they go swinging those, swinging those rifles around, how do they know how to do that? Somebody's got to be watching somebody, but you know, what it makes me realize is that somebody's watching you. Somebody's watching me. What are they learning when they watch us? Are they learning how to grumble? <laughs> are they learning how to groan and be heard? Or are they learning how to turn their attention towards God? It's a scary thought, I think. Who's, who out there is grumbling because you grumble? And because you've been so good at grumbling and so effective at grumbling that they decide they're going to grumble also. Who's praising because they've heard you praise? Who's orienting their life towards God because they've seen what happens when you change your heart and orient your life towards Him? And don't miss the last word there in verse 3. David says, 
in the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. I watch. You're not able to watch God if you're not pointing your heart towards Him. And David teaches us that as we point our hearts toward Him, we need to pray, and we need to pray in expectation. Expectation of God's love for our day. An expectation of His leading for our day. And again, this is a choice that we're presented with in the morning, at the very beginning of your day. You can either complain, or you can have peace. Verses 4 through 6 are for those who choose to complain. What are, what are they like? Verse 4 says they delight in wickedness. Verse 5 says they're boastful. Verse 6 says they speak lies. They are bloodthirsty. They are deceitful. And all you've got to do is look around and you'll find people who fit those characteristics. And you can give their words your attention. You can see them as role models. I mean, they certainly do get heard, don't they? I mean, their, their complaints usually get answered. But you can't do that and seek Jesus for your day at the same time. You can't look to them as your models and orient your life towards, towards God. That's why verse 7 begins with a but. Verse 7 starts off with a but. That's who they are. That's what they're directed at. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down towards your holy temple in fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, into your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. When we point our day towards God, when we point our day towards His love, not just His love, but did you hear it? It's His steadfast love. It's that undefinable, never-ending, reckless love of God that we read about in the Bible. And it's not just His steadfast love. It is the abundance of His steadfast love. You know, your heart may waver. Your heart may change. You may have a bad day where you don't want to talk to God. He never has a bad day when He doesn't want to be with you. He never experiences that. And it's the abundance of His steadfast love. Abundant. It's enough to fill your day. It's enough to fill your struggles to answer every sorrow and every complaint you've got. Why? Why would we choose to grumble? And yet we do. We've got our days. All I want to do is grumble. All I want to do is complain. Someone makes us mad. Something doesn't go our way. I'm going to stay mad. I'm going to stay negative. My mom used to say, if you keep making that face, it's going to stick that way. Did your mom ever tell you that? You keep making that face, it's going to stick that way. What if she was right? What if choosing to grumble, what if choosing to complain just makes it easier to do it again tomorrow and the day after that? And the day after that, what if choosing grumbling gets easier and easier until finally all we see is the negative and all we believe are the lies and then our face just kind of stays that way. And all the while, all the while there is his love, his steadfast love. There is the abundance of his steadfast love. And we just ignore it. We never tap into it for ourselves, for others. Wouldn't it be wonderful to wake up every day and be expectant of the abundance of His steadfast love for that day? 
Wake up every morning just expectant of the abundance of his steadfast love. And I know that's hard. I know there's a lot of negativity around us. I know there's a lot of negativity in this world. Verse 8, David says, Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. David doesn't tell us who his enemies are, but I'll tell you who they aren't. They aren't people on the TV news. They aren't people, they aren't people, they aren't reporters. Uh, they're not the people on social media. The, the, his enemies are people he knew. His enemies were people that, that could actually speak to him, who could speak into his life. And he realizes they're not bringing what I need. There are people in your life who will encourage you to be negative, who will encourage you to grumble with them. And the thing is, you love these people because you're close to these people. You love them, and so you listen to them, but sooner or later, you got to ask yourself, are they pointing me towards God? Are they pointing me towards, uh, towards Him? Are they making it easier for me to see the abundance of His steadfast love? David cries out, make your path straight before me. Cut a path directly to you. You do that, and you're going to find yourself cutting a path around some other people. It's just the way it's going to be. You're going to be cutting your, a path around some attitudes and a, around some hate so that you can bring yourself to Him. So David, in this prayer, he says he begins his day pointing himself towards the Lord with the expectation of encountering His love and with the expectation of being led to a place of rejoicing. Verses 9 and 10 give us another choice. Verses 9 and 10 give us another choice. We can start the morning with this option. Verse 9, For there is no truth in their mouth. Their inmost self is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels because of the abundance. You hear what their abundance is? The abundance of their transgressions. Cast them out, for they have rebelled against you. Groanings have led to wickedness. Wickedness has led to lying. He says there is no truth in their mouths. There are people for whom that is their language. And they will lie. They will lie about us. They will lie about Christians. They'll lie about you. They will lie about me. And David's prayer is to be kept safe from them. He says, make them. Make them bear their guilt. He knows to stay away from that. He knows that's not the path that his day needs. And that's why verse 11 begins with another but. We're given an option. And the but. And the choice is not just lying or truth. The choice is lying or rejoicing because you can't have both. And so verse 11, but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them that those who love your name may exult in you. There are those who seem to take great pleasure in complaining. There are those who seem to take great pleasure in lying. The psalm makes it clear there is no joy in that. They may find their pleasure in it, but there is nothing of joy, nothing of that godly happiness. And there is no promise of His presence or His protection in our grumbling and in our groaning. 20 to 30,000 words a day. It's got to be more than that by now. 
You hear 20 to 30,000 words a day. Not all of them are worth hearing. Not all of them are going to be worth hearing. And in a day when there are so many voices all around us that are competing for our attention, you and I need to realize this. We become another voice for someone else. We're one of those voices for somebody else. Someone's listening to us, and we need to hear the warning about the things that we say because we can be so careless with our words. We can be so careless not just with the words that come out of our mouths, but the words that come out of our fingers, right? We can be so careless with the things we say, things we whisper. And if we don't give any thought to the power of our words to damage others, then we are definitely not giving any thought to the power of our words to reveal what's really in our hearts. Warning after warning in this morning prayer of just how destructive our day can become and how a wrong turn can, can damage ourselves and damage others, how careless words can become the harbingers of our heart, revealing what's inside of us, telling others exactly who we are and who we belong to. Or we can choose joy. We can point our, our lives, we can orient our day towards God, we can point our hearts to Him, and we can find a place of rejoicing. We can find a place of protection. We can find a place of love. Verse 12, For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. Point your day towards God and find peace in the shelter of His presence. Psalm 4, last week was a bedtime prayer. And that bedtime prayer is where we examine our heart. You remember Psalm 4, verse 4, it tells us uh, to deal honestly with our anger. Don't take that to bed with you. You set your heart right with God before you fall asleep. You trust Him. And then Psalm 5, we wake up, we start the morning by orienting ourselves towards God. Psalm 4 ends with us sleeping in peace. Psalm 5 begins with us seeking the Lord in the morning. Verse 3, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and I watch. That, that's that image again of arranging the wood on the altar. Laying it all out so that it burns properly. Laying it all out so that the, the wood burns completely. So that what you've given to God is given completely to Him. It's completely sacrificed. Reminds me of what Paul says. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. He says, this is your spiritual worship. This is how you do it. By presenting yourself as living sacrifices. David tells us, Paul tells us, Jesus tells us, they're not calling us to put wood on the altar. They're calling us to put ourselves on the altar. To ensure that we have pointed ourselves towards God, towards His steadfast love, towards the abundance of His steadfast love, and away from the noise, away from the grumblings and growing, groanings and the lying of this world. We come to the table to do that. We come to the table to encounter Jesus here, to seek His love both for ourselves and for others. 
In a world with so many voices, there's so many voices that are angry, so many voices that are deceiving you, so many voices that are pulling us into their grumbling and their guilt. Will you take refuge in the One who promises you peace? Will you take refuge in the One who laid Himself on that altar, who sacrificed Himself completely so that you could know that kind of peace? His kind of peace. I'm going to pray. We're going to sing. And we'll take together. Would you pray with me? Father, I'm, I'm sure my friends are a lot like me. We started the morning with a few grumbles. Started the morning with a few groans. Some of those were physical. Some of those were because of bad backs, bad feet. <laughs> Some of them were because of bad hearts though. And we realized that. And so we lay ourselves on Your altars. We come to this table as we, as we remember the sacrifice that was made for us. A sacrifice that saved us. Call us again to lay ourselves before You as living sacrifices. To be holy to You. That is, completely dedicated to You. Every word, every motivation of our heart, every, everything that we, am, that we are, that we lay that before You. That we be pleasing to You. Lord, that the words that we use, the way that we greet, the way that we encourage, the way that we are kind to others would be pleasing to You. Let our hearts be the proper response to the One who has given us everything. Bless this bread. Bless this cup. Bless this time together, Lord, as we come one body. Let us lay ourselves before You together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.